Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. We are back on Your Tech Report. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. We're talking... All about fun stuff this week, including a very, very cool line of new smart watches, but from a company that, uh, let me introduce our next guest. His name is John Hostler. He's a senior product manager over at Garmin. Welcome to your tech report. Thank you for being with us this week, John. Thanks for having us. Uh, excited to talk about um, so many different things. Let's talk about Garmin and, and your experience as a whole first. Um, how long have you been with the company and, and where did that start? Like where, where did you, where did that rule begin that led you to where you are today? Yeah, so I started at Garmin in 2008. Um, I started as a product designer. So I started designing kind of the look and feel of watches, you know, the, doing a lot of drawings and kind of the, the it's more the, uh, the the special part of a watch that's not just technology, you know, it's the how it, how it looks, how it feels and, and uh, did that for several years and then um, started getting interested in the more of the business and strategy side and, and was able to move into that area now. So I've been doing the product management um, of the overall product lines um, now for, for several years. When people think of the name Garmin, they probably associate it with, you know, navigational devices, um, people who are probably more hands-on, uh, associated more with sports and fitness these days. Uh, wearables is one of these weird kind of, I guess, categories that have kind of popped up, I guess, we're looking almost 10 years now at this point. Um, at what point did did you see, you know, Garmin leaning towards that direction and, and bringing a lot of its IP to the wearables market? Because at, at first I'm sure that was like, how are we going to get all this in, in that little package here? Yet fast forward to today and we're looking at, for example, the Phoenix line of watches. And, and I mean, it's it's absolutely insane, the technology that are that's on our wrist. Yeah, the, I mean, the watches are packed with technology now, and um, it's been a really interesting history, both as a as a Garmin company and as a, an industry of smartwatches, because the terms, when I first started designing watches at Garmin, the term smartwatches didn't exist. You know, uh, Garmin was kind of the first to take a, you could call it a watch, but it was really kind of a, uh, a brick on your wrist. And it was, it was a, uh, the first running GPS watch. Um, it's called so that we kind of started that running GPS market, and um, it's obviously you know we've we've evolved it a lot over the years, and the company's evolved you know um, previous to this these watches being uh, a part of Garmin. You know we had most people knew us for automotive navigation and yeah. highly capable aviation and marine products, and um, it's it's been fascinating to see the growth of of watches. You know, smartwatches, as you said, it was once this big brick on your hand that I think that uh, everybody's idea of it when it first, probably, I mean, Apple, you know, brought the most, uh, biggest idea to the market, I think, in terms of shape and design. But we've seen this trend going back to what a traditional watch looked like, a round face, um, and that experience that everybody is used to. Um, In terms of your design experience, is there a benefit to one form factor versus the other? Uh, definitely. There, there's a lot that goes into 
watches comfort or perceived, you know, kind of aesthetic appeal. Um, it's a lot of it's personal preference, but a lot of it's wrist size and a lot of it's use case and kind of what you're expecting from that. You know, the size of the battery, the size of the display, the circle versus square, you know, all those have an impact on how well it fits your wrist, how how well it fits your wrist when you bend, you know, bend your wrist and and uh, it, it all goes into it. So it's it's there's not really a uh, a right solution for everyone. You know, it's it's kind of a, a personal preference and use case topic. Looking at your audience and the people who, who buy your products, um, you know, I guess you could create an argument and, and you guys talk about this all the time that you've got, you know, the sports and fitness side of things. But you also got that outdoor enthusiast, the adventurer, you know, that kind of marketplace. How is that split? Is that like a 50 50 split down the middle? Because you've got a, such an array of products, and there's one I'm sure that everybody can say, oh, I want that one for this reason, or I want that one for this reason. Yeah, our goal is to, to use technology to solve customer needs and appeal to different markets, right? So, yes, we have a lot of different product lines, but but it's it's we know that people, it's, it's not that a... Uh, it's not so black and white about what people do with their watches. You don't just run with it or just bike with it or just hike with it. You do a lot of things, but you know, even though some of us live might live in a city or we can't hike or climb Mount Everest every weekend oh. um, or ski every weekend or, you know, with that, we all kind of aspire for that. And we want a watch that is capable of doing something like that. And so that that's what kind of makes the outdoor adventure lifestyle resonate with so many people is that aspirational kind of like, yeah, I can't do that this weekend, but I want to, and I want, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could, and I, and I want my watch to be able to do it for me. You know? Thankfully, my watch is on my wrist, and I can do it if I really want to, even though I can't. Do <laughs> yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about, um, uh, obviously, let's talk about the Phoenix. Uh, let's talk about the Epics because those are two products that you're intimately familiar with, and and new products this year. Um, how do you set these apart? If you were to try and say, okay, this is what the Epix is designed for, this is the type of user, this is what Phoenix is, and I know there are categories within each, but how would you try to kind of designate it for people to understand the differences? Yeah, well, I think the the first thing to think about there is, like, Phoenix, m more people are familiar with the Phoenix brand because it's been around for almost 10 years now. And so it, it has a following, it has awareness, um, and Epix is kind of new to many people and we're trying to push it. Um, and I think you'll see these brands and the, the clarity of who they're going after um, reveal itself as we continue to push them forward. Um, but you know, if you think of Phoenix, the words I use for it are rugged performance. Um, and it's it kind of encaptures it that it's a, a tough, highly capable sport watch, but it's very focused on performance. So the type of display we use, for example, on a Phoenix is a memory and pixel display. It's incredibly low power. It's always on. You take it in the sun and it actually looks better. It uses the sunlight to its advantage and actually looks better in the sun, whereas a lot of other watches um, have to kind of overpower that sun with you know more power, um, but with more brightness. So you know, words like performance design and trusted tool and advanced training and everyday utility, those are words that support the Phoenix brand. For Epics, I think the term smart performance, you know, is is kind of maybe a good summary of that. It's it's going a little bit more towards, you know, that the mainstream person who wants a watch that's just as capable of doing the outdoor adventure stuff, but they want that emissive bright display that they can see inside and and it feels more like the technology they're familiar with. You know, if it feels like a phone's display or, you know, like the 
um, you know, other ammo lead emissive type products. But, you know, I think we want Epic is still very unique in the market because it still has that technical design that makes, um, you know, the adventurer watch kind of idea resonate. Uh, it still has that technical feel and capability and it's 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 absolutely capable of going on an adventure and being it's just as tough. Um, but you can think of, you know, cross training and that CrossFit type athlete, uh, you know, it's 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 meant for that type of person as well. And just general everyday tech, it just feels more smartwatchy, uh, but also <laughs> still authentic. I don't know if that, you know. No, I like that. No, that, that's a great description because you, when you look at these watches and we'll, of course, post this to our social media while people are listening to the interview, you definitely get those feels. Your, your descriptions, you can tell you come from that design side of things because when I look at Epics, I look at, okay, a little bit more mainstream consumer, a little more polished in terms of the design, but you can get, you know, if you go for the, the black titanium, for example, you get a little bit of that ruggedness that you were talking about on the Phoenix line. Um, Let's dive into under under the glass for a second here, and let's talk about some of the materials and the electronics here. Because when we when we look at the Phoenix, you know, we're talking about um, a watch that you can wear absolutely every day, but definitely is meant for that outdoor enthusiast. Talk about things like battery life, um, because you're packing in all this health tracking, GPS. I mean, there are so many features under the hood. We could sit here for two hours talking about each one, um, but we don't have two hours, so we won't do that. Um, so, so what are the what are the key elements that define these watches? Or let's let's start with Phoenix Seven that define them, um, and why were those elements important? So, one of the the key differentiators of Phoenix versus Epix and versus a lot of our Garmin watches is the inclusion of solar. Um, Phoenix has a solar charging lens. We call it Power Glass or Power Sapphire, and it's this uh, solar charging area. It actually covers the entire display and, is, and it has different kind of intensities in different places. But it, it basically is a, a photovoltaic solar cell that lengthens battery, it extends your battery life. You know, we want the, our watches to be tools that help people be outside and pursuing, you know, their passions for as long as possible. We don't want battery life to be a limitation on that, right? We just want your watch to, to work and track what you're doing and help you. Um, so solar is one of those ways combined with that display that, that that I was talking about earlier, and those two things work together to make a really long battery life, um, enduring product. Um, you know, GPS and and mapping technology is at the core of what Garmin does as a company. To 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 get that into a watch, in the way that you guys have done this, must have been an incredible feat, because we're talking about you know telemetry, uh, the visuals. And we're not talking about just roads here. This is all terrain, right? So, how on earth did that happen? Oh, it's that's that's the the fun thing about Garmin is, over the years, we we continue to utilize all the past technologies and uh, that, we, that we've used in different product lines and and try and combine them and and use them tastefully to create new experiences and open up new markets. And this Phoenix was the you know and and FX are some of our watches that support fully preloaded maps and they use navigation features and they navigate on trails or on streets, sidewalks, and, and it has, it's a lot of data and it's a lot of navigation complexity, but you know, Garmin has that vertical integration of all these different teams that work together to, to make it into a cohesive experience. And that is really what makes it special. Um, and specific to this generation, it's the first Garmin product to 
to announce um, multiband GPS, which is a completely new frequency range of GPS signal that, that helps us improve accuracy in tricky, challenging GPS environments. Um, and then all that, you have to integrate the metal bezel, and that's part of the antenna solution and touch screens. Everything is a factor. It's, it's, it's a, it is very complicated, um, but it's, it's also very fun and challenging and rewarding too. So, Are there any crazy stories that you've heard from customers or consumers that have bought one of your watches and used it in a way that you never would have expected that really kind of stand out? So many. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I could, we could talk for more than two hours on just that too. Um, there are lots of use cases, but one of the new features that I personally am excited to, very excited to hear all the stories come in that might surprise people on how useful it is, is our uh, integrated flashlight on the, the larger version of the Phoenix. It has a, a flashlight built into the top of the watch that when you are running or um, it actually points down and with a simple double tap of the of the light button, you have a flashlight that's immediately available. And it is the most useful thing I've had on a watch in a long time. And it's uh, it's something that surprised me on how many random times I've needed it. Um, and just the, the sure conven convenience of having something that's just so instantly available. Um, so that that's one that I, I've, I've given several examples of how I've used it, but it's been, it saved me in take, tearing a tent down in the middle of the night before a storm came. So I had both hands to be tearing the tent down and I could still see. It saved me in a cave when my son dropped his his headlamp down and the batteries popped out and fell in a little creek. And oh, wow. I had this backup flashlight, so I gave him my headlamp and, and we were able to continue on. And there are a million other stories. Um, and I continue to hear more from people coming in, especially as people start using it. So, Do you find do you find this the, the space that you guys are in now? Um, and, and again, let's not forget that Garmin's still making all, all the automotive marine aviation tools that you, you've made ever since the company's been in existence. Um, are, are those within the company, I guess it's more kind of an inside question, but um, are those other divisions uh, eager to lend you their technology and take advantage of them in different ways? Or do you find that it's more like, we want that, give it to us. And like, no, you're not touching that. <laughs> no, Garmin's, the culture at Garmin's very, um, very open. We share, we try, you know, we understand that, uh, Garmin as a whole needs to do well for all of us to do well, right? So there's a ton of sharing between us, and um, and even even our watch platforms. You know, we we work together and and share features and ideas. So there's no question that collaboration is big at Garmin, and it, it is honestly uh, essential to to having us be able to kind of push each other as well. Um, I think that's that's maybe an overlooked side of that is that we're able to challenge each other and and learn from each other and have really good, helpful, kind of healthy conflict at times. <laughs> I like that, healthy conflict. Are there any are there any um, technologies or things that you never would have thought of looking back today to when you started that you that are now in the watch that you back in the day when you started, you never would have thought that would have ever made it into a wearable on your wrist? Well, the flashlight is a good example. Okay. Uh, they first pitched the flashlight to me and I, I was thought it would be gimmicky or, you know, like uh, are we sure we want to like a go go gadget watch type of thing, you know? <laughs> but um, they they made up a prototype, and I wore it for a weekend, and I've been sold ever since. I was like, that is that is super useful. I want to use it all the time. Let's put it in as many things as we can. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's uh, 
that's one of the features I think, you know, even when we first started designing some of our uh, running watches, um, smartphones weren't out yet. So, yeah. you know, the integration with the phone, I think it's is been huge. It allows you to just have a whole new level of operation and things to do with your watch. So I know that might sound super obvious now, but, uh, you know, over the years, it, it wasn't necessarily the case. I think people are still finding out ways that they can customize, you know, their watches and their devices thanks to the, you know, convenience of, a, of an app, a companion app, you know? You talk mm -hmm. about things like mapping and stuff like that to be able to, okay, I'm going to Europe now and I want to make sure that I, I'm ready to go to be able to customize and prepare that kind of way. That's a key thing that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago that just didn't didn't exist. Yeah. That I'm going to ask you an interesting question now, and it's more of a it's more of a high level thing, which is you know think back because this year we're you know we're celebrating many years since the first iPhone. Okay, so 2007, Steve Jobs went on stage and introduced that iPhone, and we're asking a lot of people um, how they think their business. So in this place, Garmin, um, how has that iPhone, that introduction of that device, changed the way we look at the products today? Because if you think about things like, you know, just even a, a touchscreen, you know, if it wasn't for that moment, yeah, it probably would have come, but how soon would it have come? So what other technologies had this domino effect, you know, in terms of benefiting them? Is there anything that you think that specifically, or maybe everything, <laughs> uh, stem, may, may have stemmed from that moment? I think the, the iPhone and the idea of apps and this you know, you have a hardware platform that you can do a lot with. I think that definitely has transitioned into watches where, you know, we Garmin previously might have had a very dedicated purpose for a watch. And now you can do so much with it. You can, I take my, I use my watch, I wear it 24 seven, but usually two watches, you know, on, one on each wrist because I'm testing, uh, but it's, you, you wear it all the time and it is tracking so many different aspects of your life. Um, just like smartphones do, yeah. but in, in a helpful way. And, and you use this hardware to golf with it or run with it or bike with it or climb or cave or camp or surf. You know, we have tons of different apps and activities. So that, that broad use case of, of a hardware device, I think, is what is probably the, the most clear um, thing. But, you know, th with the phone, the, trans, the, the use of your phone and those intuitive interactions that touch brings to a phone, um, those have definitely worked their way into watches as well. Um, and and we, my devices pride themselves on being now, now they have touch and buttons. And that's a really interesting parallel that maybe is different, but it's uh, um, having that intuitive touch experience and display type, but also having the ability to use those dedicated buttons whenever you need to yeah. um, is is really, really important for the type of users we're going after our watches. So, Well, you know, there's so much attention to detail. Uh, there's so much design element that I love about these watches. Uh, I'm excited to start playing with them. Uh, and, and I want to, you know, give you the kudos on, on obviously being by, behind the, a lot of the design process here because they really are gorgeous timepieces. Um, you know, available 42 millimeter, 47 millimeter, 51 on the Phoenix. Um, so many different options people can choose from. They can head on over to Garmin.com and check that out. Uh, and thank you, John, for taking the time to join us. It's been exciting to talk to you. And uh, I hope we have more opportunities to chat down the road because 
we, we really could spend several hours talking about these individually. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed the, the chat. That is John Hostler, Senior Product Manager over at Garmin. We're going to take a quick break and come back here on Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.